guest. We've got some great guests. Talk to some people that we don't get a chance to talk to very often, including folks from Bemidji Brewing, Ale Asylum, Steel Toe, all that and more coming up on this edition of the Minnesota Beer Cast. We'll start off with a fantastic interview we had with the folks from Left Hand Brewing Company from the Northern Lights Rare Beer Fest. Welcome back to the Northern Lights Rare Beer Fest edition of the Minnesota Beer Cast, recording live at the uh, Minnesota History Center. What did you just do to me, Schmitty? You just did a thing to me that I don't know if I'm happy about it or not. <laughs> you will be happy in you a couple minutes. What did you do here? You, you gave me a, a small bottle wrapped in paper, uh-huh. and then you grabbed one yourself, and you opened it up, and you chugged it, uh-huh. and you told me to chug it. Yes. I'm never one to turn down an offer to chug something. Right. It's kind of like just in my DNA. When somebody hands me something, yeah, I'm chug it. That. I really have no option. Right. I'm just hardwired to agree. Yeah. So what did you what did you give me here? That was an Underberg. That okay. That means nothing. <laughs> it's a it's a digestif. It's for uh, it settles your tum tum. It says after a good meal, natural herb bitters. Water, alcohol. Okay, I'm good. I don't and, need any and magic. It's, it is a it's a natural herb bitter digestif, and I'm telling you, I'm not necessarily the greatest fan of the flavor, but I drink these because it it really does make your stomach feel amazing. And when you're dealing with some of the beers we're dealing with today, yeah, there are a lot of really big and really tart and really sour and all sorts of beers across the board. And this is a godsend. And I just got to thank. Uh, the boys at Artisanal Imports who distribute this in the Twin Cities for uh, accidentally leaving some in my car so that we could do this. When I found out you had some with you, I'm like, dude, you got to bring some of those to the table because I had uh, a breakfast this morning that was it was good, but it left my stomach a little... It was heavy. It was a little in knots uh, this afternoon, so had came here, had a couple beers, and, and just, you know, it needed it needed something. It needed yeah. a little something. And this this Underberg, I can already feel the magic working. Oh, I I just took one a little bit ago with some of the guys from the Dabbler and or uh, the Growler magazine, and they were all about it. And I'll just say uh, because this wasn't mine to give away, but I am. <laughs> um, you can find these at a lot of liquor stores like Stinson and uh, uh, Thomas Liquors, who are sponsors of this event. And most of the time, you can find them right by the register. They're like. Buck fifty, two fifty, something like that. Worth Guys, every if penny. You see them, buy them. If every you have penny. a big meal, it's absolutely worth it. Doesn't yeah. like I said, I don't think it tastes the greatest, but it's it, it, it's not bad. It's, I actually really like the way it tastes. Yeah. it's it's I a very see myself getting. I can see myself developing a. a oh, absolutely. A taste for it. Absolutely, but first it, time trying it, it is. But how's your stomach feel now compared to... I can actually... I'm not going to lie. I can tell the difference. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. No, it's magic in a bottle. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's it's like... um, It'd be like if Jägermeister tasted good. It's it's like that. Like, it's... it's, Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a good description. It's, uh, got that, it's kind of got that Jägermeister bitterness, but it's got a, it's got a smoother, sweeter finish. Yeah, it's it's a lot more herbal, I think. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, now that we're done plugging other people's products, Joe <laughs> from Left Hand, let's uh, let's talk about what you came here to talk about. You've got a brand new IPA out. 
Yeah, uh, I got a, you guys are got one right in front of you right now. Uh, Left Hand IPA just hit the shelves uh, this week uh, around the Twin Cities. A brand new IPA from Left Hand that we're in, incredibly excited about, and I think that after you guys have tried it, you get why. Yeah, um, it's a really good IPA. It hits people's, uh, it hits the American palate right between the eyes because it's uh, Galaxy, yeah. Citra, and Azaka hops. So you get really a lot of that citrus, a uh, little bit of like, kind of passion fruit, you know, kind of sweet. Love yeah, love orange, a little bit, I think a little grapefruit uh, rind type, yeah. you know, stuff in there. But I think the key thing about this more than anything else that really sets it apart and kind of gives it its own, it finishes so clean. Like it doesn't have a lingering bitterness on the palate. You know, they No, you're definitely right about that. It's not it's not doesn't have that that character where it sticks around. Yeah. Where I think a lot of a lot of places try to go for that um, I don't know if dank is the best descriptor for it, but you get you get that dank character and it sticks around in your mouth for way longer than sometimes is is enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and that's not what I get out of this beer. It's it's a it's a very um, well balanced well not it's a balanced beer. I don't know if I'd say well balanced in quotation marks, but there's a definite hop character, but you've got also the malt presence, and it's a nice clean finish. Um, so, I'd, yeah, I'll have a couple of these. Yeah, and for those listening on your radio or podcast, I've been nodding the whole time. You, you hit it right, <laughs> you nail right on the head. Uh, but, yeah, this is something that I've been... You know, eagerly anticipating because it's uh, really the first IPA that our director of brewing, Matt Thrall, known as Truck, you know, really had you know the full control over, and I think that our brewers knocked it out of the park on this one. I'm I'm really excited. Um, we got we got them all over the Twin Cities and all your favorite liquor stores already this you know this week. Um, if you don't if you don't find it, maybe you're a little bit too late. Um, <laughs> but it, it's a year-round offering, so you'll be able to find it. But Left Hand IPA, yeah, um, still the name directly from our boys at Odell. It's in a can, by the way. So don't, yeah. don't look for it in the bottle section. Yeah. A lot of people, when they look for left hand, look for bottles. Yeah, and actually uh, a lot of people look for left hand. They look for our Milk Stout Nitro, which for a few months now has been in, mil- in nitro cans. Really? So Talk about that. I, I wasn't even aware of that change. Yeah, so uh, we partnered with Ball, who makes about 90% of all the cans you'll see in your liquor store. Mm-hmm. And they started working with this uh, new... Thing they're calling widget inside where the widget is actually attached to the bottom of the can so it's not a floating ball so right. when the when you open the can all that nitrogen gets released through the beer as it's supposed to and it settles in the can now you can still do the hard pour or you can pour just sort of like a regular beer into a glass because all beer should be but if you're like out on the lake or you know out ice fishing or just you know trout fishing or whatever you can drink it right from the can which is something that milks nitro you couldn't really do before unless right. you wanted to carry around a pint glass yeah which i don't do when i'm out camping or fishing or you know playing softball or whatever <laughs> now you can have this right there with you which that's is awesome. oh that's fantastic. it's a game changer for us we're excited about that yeah that, that's pretty cool i was not aware of that so yeah look for your uh, look for your left hand milk stout in cans yeah i, I, I smell a, a trip to the liquor store coming up tomorrow now well i'll see you there because it's sunday and i can do that now <laughs> Yeah, thank you for that, Schmidt. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. If we haven't thanked you on that one a lot. What uh, what else have you got for a news coming out of left hand? So this one, honestly, I mean the nitro can, I was absolutely, I was super excited about. I was really excited about the left hand IPA, but 
I can't tell you, or I have to tell you, that the next beer that we got coming out, I've been more excited about than anything. It's called Juicy Goodness. Yeah. It's a dry hopped golden ale that's going to have a little bit of a haze to it. So both the look and the name are going to be kind of a pump fake towards the New England Northeast IPA type, you know, trend we've been seeing. Is that a thing? It's it's, it's a thing. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, which are some great beers that are being made, but um, but the beer is going to be around uh, 22 IBUs. It's going to be around five 5.5%. Um, it's an absolute porch pounder, but this beer actually started... I believe beca- the term that's gone out of style now is crushable. It, well, if you want to talk about a crushable beer, man, this is absolutely it. And I'm, I'm super excited about it because uh, I've had this beer. This beer was made initially for our Ragbri team, which, if you're not familiar, is that week-long bike ride across Iowa. Yeah, that's insane. 20,000 people participate in. That's and nuts. the team that Left Hand sponsors, uh, Team Good Beer, uh, <laughs> one of our lead brewers, our founder, Eric Wallace, and uh, a bunch of other Left Hand employees are on that ride. So our lead brewer made this beer for the team and while it was we he made some and we left it some in our tasting room it was the fastest selling beer in our tasting room for three weeks oh wow until we ran out and people are like you have to make this so now we're making it as a regular release beer and the guys when you see this the package is awesome kind of has a groovy 70s type look to it it's an orange package that's going to be arriving first week in april and uh, we're probably going to be doing a I don't remember the exact date, but the first Wednesday in April at Old Chicago in Roseville, we're going to be doing a release party there. Nice. So, and, and what's the style again? It's a dry hopped golden ale. Okay. And it's brewed with uh, Equinot and Zaka hops and then dry hopped with Mosaic. So it's going to have gonna, those juicy... It's going to look almost like a like a Northeast-style IPA? It's gonna, well, I, I won't say that because, I mean, the Northeast-style IPA, some of those look like milkshakes. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, have a little haze to it. Yeah, some little of them just have haze. a little haze. This is going to have, you know, kind of a... You know, kind of a, a haze. It's not. It's going to be opaque. You know, it's not going to be. It's not going to look like a milkshake, but it's going to have a little bit of a haze. And it's. Uh, it's. But it's a gold nail. I mean, it's. Gold nails are crushing. I mean, I'm a giant fan of Fulton's Lonely Blonde. Uh-huh. You know, this one's just going to be. You know, if you think of kind of like that gold nail, but then you just dry hop it with mosaic, so you get yeah. some of that really juicy, fruity, yeah, that tropical kind yeah, of umptuousness. So it's, you guys, you get, you're going to love it. I, I already, I already know because I've had it. I can't <laughs> wait to get it in my mouth hole. Sounds good. Well, I can't uh, well, wait. Give to, us a heads up. As yeah, soon as it's available. Oh, I'm sure that I'll be able to get some down to the office down there and. Uh, Sounds like a deal. Sounds like a deal. We'll do it. Thanks for stopping by. Oh, guys, thanks for having me. I'm thrilled. Tell us what you guys have out here tonight. Oh, so we have our uh, Wake Up Dead, which is uh, a beer we've been making for years, Russian Imperial Stout on aged and rye whiskey barrels. Uh, I also have a beer called uh, our Berliner Berliner Weiss, which is going to be the first test kitchen beer in our mix pack cans when we start adding a limited release can in our mix pack in our 12 mix pack 12 packs when does that happen uh, I th- I'm not sure exactly when those are gonna land but 
thinking beginning of May you're going to start seeing those on the shelves with the test kitchen. We have the mix pack cans out in the market uh, starting soon, but they won't have them immediately. But in the near future, there will always be a very limited only in the mix pack can uh, beer in that. So, And that's going to be the first one, this Berliner Weiss, which has been the fastest. I mean, that's what everybody's asking for. But then again, it's 4.6%. and Right. In, in this place, that is a rare beer. <laughs> a rare beer at the Rare Beer Fest. Absolutely. Sounds good. Well, thanks to Joe from Left Hand for stopping by. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the Minnesota Beer Cast. Freeway Ford in Bloomington has been serving the community for over 56 years. Many happy customers have purchased vehicles from Carlos and the crew at Freeway Ford and have had great experiences with their friendly staff. They really do go the extra mile. Freeway Ford understands that every dollar counts, so they always have the lowest upfront pricing. Plus, finance options that are second to none. With zero- it's a little loud. It's getting a little rowdy. It is. But we're having a fantastic time, and the, uh, the beers here have been top-notch, phenomenal. I mean... If you haven't been to this event, make sure to come next year. This is uh, this is the one event you really shouldn't miss. Always a good time. Speaking of uh, good beers and good friends and good times, we're joined by Tom from uh, Bemidji Brewing. How are you doing, Tom? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. What uh, what did you guys bring to this event? Yeah, we try to showcase our sours and some of our just uh, bigger, more obscure beers at this event. So we've got two sours on right now, both of them barrel-aged for over a year each and a whole mix of different wine barrels. Uh, I've got an Oud Brune Creek, so a sour brown, aged on cherries. Um, our sour program only uses local whole fruit, so we don't use purees or extracts or anything like that. So it's kind of a fun fun thing that we've been doing. And then we also have a honeyberry sour, which is uh, kind of an obscure fruit that uh, isn't a, too available across the U.S. It's kind of like an Arctic blueberry. Yeah, so uh, I've never heard of a, a honeyberry. It, it looks like an elongated blueberry, but it's um, the juice of it is like the darkest purple you've ever seen. It's it's like the it's almost black with how like dark the juice is. So. That's cool. Where would a uh, where would a guy find something like that? Uh, well, we're pouring here tonight. As far as the beer, or the honeyberry itself. The honeyberry. Like I've I've <laughs> never like I don't know. I've seen plenty of fruit like out hiking, raspberries to find once right in a on. while, stuff like that. But never have I seen a honeyberry. Right, so it's actually related to uh, to the columbine or the honeysuckle, right. and, and it's much more of like a northern Canada, Canada fruit. All and right. uh, there's an orchard outside of Bemidji that grows a ton of them, so we're one of their few commercial accounts. And uh, yeah, so it's, uh, nice. it's it's very much uh, an obscure fruit that we have access to. You believe him? Did <laughs> you uh, tell us a story? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm. I, I've got a suspicious eye on Tom. I'm not right. It's like the, it, it's like the, the high school girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, it's a Canadian fruit. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Funny. I, I, I tried it when I went to Niagara Falls. It's great. <laughs> Funny enough, that's what my high school girlfriend used to call me was Honeyberry. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I have to. Uh, I have to swing by your booth and try that here real quick. Right on. Yeah. And then uh, we we just released our uh, maple barrel aged double porter yesterday in the tap room and uh, we have uh, you know kind of the, the one cake that's escaped the tap room that's down at the festival tonight as well yeah it's been quite a while since we've had you guys on we have a lot to catch up on um, I think since we've had you on last you guys have a, a kitchen open in the tap room now is that correct that's true so we have a, a kitchen full menu uh, we do lunch and dinner service uh, so it's really been an evolution of our tap room and, 
and what we bring to the community and and how we approach selling beer and pairing beer and and just uh, the opportunities that are present for for kind of bringing the food and beer realm together in our own space versus uh, the food truck scene which has been fun for sure however in a place like Bemidji it doesn't offer the opportunities that a lot of other uh, locales do so for us bringing food in-house was a, a fun thing to do to be able to just give folks more options on that front yeah I mean it I've been saying it for a while um, you know that that the food in my opinion is part of the next evolution of the the beer and and tap room experience um, you know food trucks are fine to a certain extent but you're you're very limited in in what you can offer and as a proprietor you are somewhat limited to somebody else's whims to a certain sure. extent right sure um, you know if if they're available to show up who's available to show up what they can offer and what experience they give your customers right that's and very you, true you have no control over the quality it's true it's true so kind of vertically integrating on that's been uh, it's been an interesting adventure um, personally like all the founders we, we don't have any food experience coming into the group so we consulted we hired folks from the community that, that have that experience and it's been a pleasant integration into the into the tap room and, and uh, we're really happy we can kind of bring that to the community so what what can I expect when I come to Bemidji Brewing next uh, to visit the tap room what kind of food am I gonna look for like sliders pizza what what kind of menu do you guys have well those are uh, two key words for sure we try to have on the menu at all times but uh, <laughs> you know it's, it's one thing that's kind of a constant exploration so we're always trying to incorporate more local ingredients we've incorporated uh, a garden at the brewery as well so we're trying to use fresh nice. herbs and, and, and produce wherever possible um, we've got we've got some great local farmers in the area so it's been uh, for a small food offering as far as the menu and a food producer that we are it's it's been surprising how accessible local food and, and, and produce is even to something you know as northern and kind of rural as Bemidji is um, so yeah we always try to keep burgers we have some euros on the menu as well and uh, smoke trout and try to try to incorporate the fishing element wherever we can yeah smoke trout that that sounds pretty good I, yeah. I wouldn't mind walking into a, uh, a tap room and having some smoke trout with my beer why haven't you invited the Minnesota beer cast up to do a show <laughs> <laughs> from your tap room yet. Well, that's why I wanted to sit down with you guys tonight. <laughs> exactly. exactly. We'll be up next week. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, I would love to come do a show again there uh, sometime soon, actually. It was a lot of fun last time we were up there, and uh, I always sure, love coming to a Uh Yeah, you were invited. I think you had a thing. Yeah, so I don't yeah, know. I was on vacation. Yeah. yeah. So I had fun at Bemidji. Um, I hope you, you had did. fun yeah. doing your thing. So I think I think that was out of town. Yeah. 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 It's a Oh, uh, you missed out. <laughs> you, you can stay home next time too. I'll keep it all I to feel myself. Like a jerk for asking why he hasn't invited yeah, us up yet. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. See how you are. So what? Um, what has the reception been like from uh, customers for the uh, the kitchen and the tap room? Has it been? Pretty warm reception. Is it uh, kind of a strange concept going from the the food truck and local offerings to having that whole dining experience there? What's the reception been like? You know, that's a that's a great question. It's something that we're 
we're still trying to answer ourselves and find out where our spot and where our role in downtown food offerings for Bemidji really fits. Because um, we don't want to be a, a, a direct competitor to a lot of our accounts that have our beers on tap as well. Yeah. That are, you know, they rely on their dinner hours and food service to, to do what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, we, we're trying to find where you know our menu fits in with the other offerings downtown and maybe what's missing within the, the cuisine offerings. Um, but overall, I think it's been great for the tap room because, you know, it's like having having groups come through and it tends to be such a communal space where there's, you know, we're, we're fortunate there aren't very many, you know, lonely souls drinking in the tap room. It's, it's usually groups of people coming through. Yeah. And if we, can, if we can have people hang out there longer and, and, and be able to, to um, you know, offer anybody wants a bite and maybe um, yeah, for prevent sure. them from, from wandering elsewhere, you know, we'll take that and, and and it's been good overall yeah and has the i know we talked about the consumers a little bit have the the local businesses where you are on tap has there been any kind of cold shoulders or are they pretty embracing of the fact that you guys are are investing in the in the community and in yourselves and and you're a part of of downtown bemidji you know, overall, I believe that it's uh, it's been a it's been a welcome reception of being downtown. Um, you know, that was something that we were we didn't really know to, how to perceive at the beginning if, if we we're going to be viewed purely as competition or as cooperation or how it's going to be. But but really, we've had a, a really warm reception and and the role of the tap room. It's like we're not open till one a.m. or two a.m. So. There's this other role that you know traditional bar restaurant plays in the downtown community that that uh, I feel like we found a good fit for ourselves. And uh, what's next for uh, for beers at Bemidji? What do you guys have coming out for uh, for beers on tap? Well, besides the Maple Double Porter that was just released, uh, which will be on tap and, until it's gone, hopefully for uh, you know a little more than a week. We'll see. We didn't do a whole lot of it. Yeah. Uh, we've got the Vertical Pale Ale coming out, which is one of my favorite beers that we do. It's uh, it's all Minnesota malt from Vertical Malting in Fisher, Minnesota, just west of us. Yeah. It's kind of our local maltster. Um, so it's it's kind of a session strength pale ale, 4.4. 4.5 percent, um, modern hops, mosaic, equinox, uh, uh, Eldorado. So it's just a super drinkable, hoppy, delicious beer that's got some delicious local malt in it, and uh, and we love working with those guys whenever we can. So to be able to feature a beer for kind of a long-term seasonal, we'll run that one for six months. Um, is something we look forward to every year. Yeah, that's that's one of the the really unique um, things that I don't think we've talked about too much on the show is the idea of of local malt you know I think people talk about local hops during um, you know the the wet harvest time sure. of year um, but local malt doesn't get I don't think uh, a ton of, of conversation uh, why do you think that is Tom <laughs> that's a great question I think uh, you know hops just have such a such a popular role in brewing right now for everybody it's like you know of course it's like ipas risen to the top is the number one style sold and it's easily identifiable flavors it's really intense and that's awesome we you know we love hops we love local hops whenever we can get them but i think malt is just you know it's kind of the unsung hero and, and it can create that complexity that that relies upon the completion of that balance of the beer and and also i think uh specialty malts and kind of your caramel malts and roasted malts if you can get those fresh it's it's kind of the equivalent of getting fresh hops you know it's like your flavor that was going to be my question i mean i i don't know i don't know a lot about it so 
would you would would, would the average drinker would the average consumer notice a difference between sure. fresh local malt because there's a distinct difference with hops you know, sure. when they're fresh when they're local when they're obviously you know wet hopped and fresh hopped uh, is a big thing and, and there's a reason you definitely notice a difference right what what would the difference be to the average drinker with sure. fresh local hop or malt you know I, I think the opportunity really exists with those specialty malts kind of the caramel the roasted malts um, you know, if you open a bag of English chocolate malt, it smells great, right? It's cocoa-y, it's chocolatey, it's roasty. Right. But when you open a bag of roasted malt that was roasted yesterday, it's like over-the-top, delicious, intense. You know, like it, it's everything you wanted that bag of English chocolate malt to be, but at a different level. And, uh, and that's exciting because it's like... It's just something, you, you know, we, we as Midwest brewers and, and lack of like a local specialty malt option, do we have an opportunity to experience? What are your thoughts on the, the terroir of, of local malts? Is there a legit, tangible difference? It, can, you, can you taste the terroir in central Minnesota malt versus North Dakota malt? That's a good question. I think that's something that we're trying to figure out. You know, I think um, so. Vertical malt, in particular, who we've worked with so far, and then the biggest aspect is that's kind of what we're trying to figure out. Is we we want to be able to use their malts in large enough capacity to to have that data, and they want to be able to have that feedback loop. Um, because we we'd love to be able to say yeah there, there is a difference in that there is you know the, the northern Minnesota climate or the northwest Minnesota climate can actually offer something that isn't found elsewhere in malt and if that exists you know we'd love to prove that very good well thank you so much Tom from Midgey Brewing for uh, for joining us here let's uh, let's get together soon whether it's here or uh, or up in the taproom man I uh, I always love visiting with you guys and it's good to see you man fight us up Cheers, when guys. I'm not like out of town on vacation <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys. it's always all about you, Drew. That's right. Of course it is. All right. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Tom. More from the Northern Lights Rare Beer Fest edition of the Minnesota Beer Cast. Coming up right after this, we will talk to the folks from Steel Toe Brewing Company. Stick around. From the Cremation Society of Minnesota Weather Center, still melting away the snow this weekend, mostly cloudy tonight to low in the low 30s. Upper 50s tomorrow with sunshine and even more sun on Sunday. High 62, 65 Monday. I'm meteorologist Mace Michaels on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130. On from the table for like 20 minutes. I've been looking all over for you. You're lucky I came back. You, we have a responsibility here. We, have, we are here to do a job. That you're job just up is there to just drink beer. lots and lots of beer and yeah. no, get lost in the too. crowd. <laughs> right? Isn't that my job? <laughs> I thought that was my job. I thought you were out there finding finding our guests. He's here, isn't he? Yeah, you did a good job. See? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Our guest is, of course, Michael from uh, Steel Toe. How are you doing, man? Good. I am very good. Uh, pleasure to be on with you guys. Yeah, man. I had to flag you down, though, up there. And <laughs> I don't know what you were doing, but you know, certainly not doing your job. <laughs> I'm telling you, my job is drinking beer. Yeah, drinking beer and talking about it. So uh, tell us what Steel Toe brought uh, to the Rare Beer Fest this time around. Sure. Rare beer. Uh, this year, we brought two very rare things. Uh, we brought uh, uh, 2014 cellared wheat heavy and uh in 2014 we won two gold medals for we heavy it was a very it was a fantastic year for us we won at gabf and at world beer cup for uh, those that might not be aware tell us what we heavy is sure we have
Abbey is our, it's a very traditional uh, uh, Scotch ale, strong Scottish ale. Uh, it has a really nice backbone of just traditional English UK malts, uh, really like caramel, graham cracker, uh, just this really nice toasty uh, warming beer. It's about 9% alcohol. It comes out in the fall every year, right around Thanksgiving. Um, so we brought a, a four-year cellared version of that. We're really excited to pour it. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's tasty. That's what I, ch I haven't tried your, uh, your second one yet, but I, I tried the Wee Heavy and thumbs up, man. That is so good. Awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think it, I think it held up really well. I it mean, really it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a part art, part science, part, you know, hoping things work out right to have a beer aged for four years. <laughs> um, but I, th I think the best characteristics of an aged beer of that style uh, come through. You get a little bit more sherry. You get a little bit of slight oxidation. But I, th I think the beer has held up really well, and it, it's, it's drinking really nicely. So it's fun to showcase that from a year that was obviously really special for us, winning gold medal twice with it. Um, yeah, so it's, that's really good. What's that experience like winning uh, a GABF like that? Uh, it's it's very cool. I mean, GABF and World Beer Cup are the two big events, and I mean, we're coming up on World Beer Cup here soon, so we actually just shipped out some beer for for judging for that. Um, it's it's a really unique experience. It's fun um, to get the recognition from your peers, uh, you know, people that are respected in the industry and the judges, and to be honored, uh, you know, for beer that we brew that we think is is very good and that we're happy that our customers enjoy. Uh, so it's yeah, it's humbling and it's 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 always great to get the recognition for it sure and the other beer you brought yeah so the second beer is uh we called it campfire descent and uh so it's a version of our descent strong uh, dark ale which is a seven percent alcohol essentially a stout uh or an export stout and uh, a really unique process so we took a, a used whiskey barrel uh and we smoked the barrel with uh, apple and cherry wood then we filled the barrel and we dosed it with ancho uh, Anaheim, uh, New Mexico, and Chipotle peppers, and vanilla oh, beans. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you get some of that rich, smoky spice, some of the sweetness of the vanilla, a little bit of that cocoa and kind of chocolate come through from the descent. So it's almost like a, like a mole-esque beer, but we called it campfire just with that smokiness. It's something you could, you know, sit around. It has some whiskey in it. So, you know, you're sitting around on a cold night out in the desert southwest, and it felt like the right thing to do for it. So it was, it was fun. It was it was definitely an experiment in process uh, and very atypical for what we normally do. Uh, I was going to say, have so. you done anything like that before? No, no. I mean, we've done some some unique like barrel, single barrels, and unique, unique one-off stuff. Uh, but the process to do this was was total one-off. Who's, whose so. idea was that? What was the inspiration? Was that you? Was that Jason? Um, it was it was a collaborative. Uh, I, I think we were standing around uh, and Jason and I, and um, you know, just trying to figure out what we wanted to do and we were kind of thinking about oh let's start with the you know what base beer do we want to do oh, let's put something in a barrel and I don't I really don't remember exactly how we came to it but it was kind of like oh let's do something spicy let's do something smoky and, and we kind of ended up there so when it, when it comes to experimentation like that what's what's the method to your madness does it is it things where you're thinking well we like to do this kind of works with our style or or is it more a, a thought process of well this is a away from our style this is something we don't normally do let's move outside of our comfort zone what's the what's the method sure for, 
for this, it was definitely an outside of our comfort zone. We wanted to do something really unique. This is a great festival. I mean, rare beer fest. I mean, everybody brings something rare, right. quote unquote. But uh, you know, something really unique. The you know the inspiration behind it is for something like that is generally driven by flavors that we like from a food standpoint. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of where I get my inspiration. I like to cook. So you know, starting with you know, essentially the I think the initial idea was like oh something mole esque and then it kind of went in a slightly different direction but generally when it's something that unique it's driven by what flavors work well together and from you know a perspective of what we've eaten or what we like in food and how we can incorporate that in some way into beer from a flavor profile standpoint. So um, using peppers like that in a beer in Minnesota, are you worried you're going to cross that line pretty soon? <laughs> too spicy! It's right? too spicy! Um, no, I mean, I, I think I think we were... For this event, I'm sure it'll go over just fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it still has enough sweetness in the backbone. Uh, the beer stands up to it. It doesn't have too much heat but it does have some smoke. It's going to be a polarizing beer for sure. People are going to love it or they're going to hate it. And I'm okay with that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that the beer turned out exactly the way we wanted it uh, to be. And uh, I'm, I'm happy with that. But in general, anytime you introduce smoke or spice, it's going to be polarizing. I was going to say, I, yeah. I, I feel like most smoke beers are like that. Yeah. Most beers that have specifically that smoke characteristic, you either love it or you hate it. Yeah, there's not really any in between. So, yeah. But like I said, I'm okay with that. How about uh, general news at Steel Toe? What do you guys have going on that's new? Sure, yeah. I feel like we always have stuff going on. We're also just kind of, you know, churning in the uh, in the hamster wheel, but uh, you know, overall, we're, we're really... Oh! Uh, I don't know if you heard that, but I think that, that was, was the first... a casualty. Yeah. yeah, I think that was the first one. First broken glass. It wasn't, the fest yeah. doesn't even start It yet. wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, general news, uh, the tap room is, uh, you know, is, is really a, a major focus you know we're making sure that the tap room is a place people want to come and come back to mm-hmm. uh, this spring we're opening the the new uh, roof over the patio uh, some new furniture coming to that it'll be really nice it'll be a nice outdoor space we've always kind of had a makeshift outdoor space right um, for, for a patio this will be really nice it solidifies that we have an enclosed covered patio you can be out there rain or shine uh, it'll be comfortable uh, we're always keeping our draft lines full we have 10 draft lines and we've been rotating through a lot of unique stuff. Uh, we recently did a collaboration with Indeed, which we're really excited about. That's coming out soon, uh, which in the world of collaborations, I think is super unique. Yeah. We actually brewed two different threads, so two different beers, and we're going to blend them at the tap, uh, kind of like a reverse black and tan. Huh. Uh, so Dan Stavig and I, uh, who have, we've known each other for, for a long time, we got together and we're in a position where we were able to do the collab. So we're excited for that. It's coming out in early April. Good egg, that um, Dan. <laughs> What was that? He's a good egg, that Dan. Yeah, I like Dan. You know, him and I get along really well. And uh, it's good to, that we're in positions now where we can kind of uh, get together and be like, hey, let's do something. Can, so, you, uh, can you tell us about the beers, or do we have yeah. to wait and have, have Dan come back on with no, you? No, no, we're, we're, we're promoting it now. Uh, so, and it's, it's good you ask, because it triggered. I, you know, it's like, what, what's new at Steel Toe? It's like, ah, not much, except for there's like 10 things that we're doing. Um, 
So it's uh, so our our beer that we brewed. Um, so he came over to Steel Toe and we brewed a uh, a dark rye lager uh, that we're aging on um, honeycomb spirals from uh, Black Swan, and uh, it's 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 going to be really fun. It has this really nice like slight spice of um, of uh, rye. A little bit of that wood character comes through, and then their version they're calling it a, a golden export lager. Okay. Uh, and theirs is going to be the nitro version, so it'll be the opposite. The the blonde will float on the dark. Um, and we're doing uh, the the release uh, the week of April 9th, 10th uh, at three locations. Then it'll go out to about 15 bars or so, and they'll be poured side by side, uh, so they'll both be on tap and they'll blend them at the at the point of uh, sale. So nice, that's nice. fun. Yeah, so su- cool. super unique. I think we came up with something fun and uh, in terms of uh, collaborations, and so we're looking forward to that coming out. No, that's so. really cool. It's kind of a bummer you guys can't do that at your own tap yeah. rooms. Yeah, that is. That was one of the. Uh, one of the downsides of that almost why we didn't do this this version of our collaboration mm-hmm. was you know it, it would be fantastic if we could pour both beers at both of our tap rooms sure. of course uh, but unfortunately that's not really an option uh, so we can't do that for now and maybe someday we can so yeah very good yeah. someday <laughs> someday <laughs> when you wish upon a star hey Michael thanks for swinging by man have a great yeah, time tonight great talking with you guys have a fun fest and yeah, yeah cheers cheers More Minnesota Beer Cast coming up right after this. In the game of golf, some rules are meant to be broken. A foursome shouldn't be limited by numbers. A community shouldn't be defined by a clubhouse. We are 18 Birdies, an app that connects you to the golf you've always wanted. A place that welcomes players of all different strokes. People who play with heart, play for fun, but are always willing. <laughs> at the Northern Lights Rare Beer Fest at the Minnesota History Center, having a spectacular time. I am Drew. That man over there is my co-host Schmitty. Hey, hey, how are you doing? We're having a we're having a blast, man. Absolutely. Having a very good time. We are joined by Rick from Pints for Prostates and Jeff from Where the Wild Beers Are. How are you guys doing? Fabulous. This is a great event. Absolutely. One of the highlights of the year. Absolutely. So, um, Rick, you guys do a phenomenal job um, at Pints for Prostates. And for folks that aren't aware, uh, introduce folks to the cause and the organization and what it is you guys do. Yeah, so um, Pints for Prostates was started 10 years ago. I'm a prostate cancer survivor, and I've been writing about beer for about 35 years. And so... um, I have a, a, a dear friend who passed away from prostate cancer to thank for my survival. He encouraged me to get tested, and I had no symptoms, no family history, and you know, lo and behold, when I got screened, I found out I had an issue. So um, I was lucky. I was treated early. Um, everything is taken care of, and 10 years later, I'm here enjoying a great beer festival. Yeah. So it's... it's what is the statistic? I mean, if you live long enough, essentially, prostate cancer is going to affect men at well, some it's, point, right? It's um, it's one in seven men in their lifetime will have prostate cancer. So it's a, you know, you're at a significant risk. It's one of the top male cancers um, that there are. Um, we'll lose about 30,000 men to prostate cancer this year in the United States. And the sad thing is we don't have to lose anybody. It's a disease when you detect it early enough, um, you can get treatment, and, and it's about a 100% cure rate if you detect it early enough. So what is the biggest challenge in, in screening for prostate cancer? Is it a macho thing? Is it a fear No, no, I'll men? tell you exactly what it is. Men are bulletproof. Okay? <laughs> we, don't, we don't think it's not going to happen to us. 
Um, you know, we like to drive our cars fast. We like to eat fatty food. We like to do things that we know are bad for us, and we, because it won't, it'll get the other guy. It won't get us, right? <laughs> right. And and when it comes to prostate cancer, most men, you know, first of all, they they fear the um, the, the dreaded digital rectal exam. Right. Okay. And the reality is, you know, we're here screening tonight for prostate cancer, and it's a simple blood test. There's a, a PSA test that's out there, and there are better tests coming along, but the PSA test allows you to get a heads up that, hey, maybe I should be talking to my doctor, maybe I should be getting other tests done. Yeah, because the PSA is essentially what a hormone, right? That it, it's a it's it, a prostate specific antigen, and um, a doctor discovered this, um, and it really the test itself became um, widespread in the early 90s, and the death rate for prostate cancer is down about 40 percent since then, which is fantastic. The problem is, is that guys just don't go to the doctor. We're we're screening guys here tonight, and I'll ask some of them before they come up. You know, hey. We'd like to do this test. It's free. Um, we're screening not only for prostate cancer, but for uh, cholesterol, for heart disease, and, and glucose for, for diabetes, but mm -hmm. and some other things. But when, when I ask them, I'll say, when's the last time you've been at a doctor? And, you know, first of all, I ask them how old they are, and they'll say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm 48. I was, I was diagnosed at 47. Ask them, when's the last time you've been at a doctor? They'll say, oh, four or five years. And that's way too long when you start to get into your mid-40s and 50s. When you're in your 50s, guys should be going to the doctor once a year for some simple tests. Yeah. So what are some of the ways that Pints for Prostates engages men uh, in their prostate health? Well, you know, we do events around the country. This is one of them, and we, we really thank um, Chop Liver Beer Festivals for inviting us in. Mark and Juno are just, you know, treat us really well. Um, and so we, we come to beer festivals around the country. Um, we also have uh, breweries and, and brew pubs that will do special events for us. Uh, we're coming up soon. Um, before we know it, it'll be June and it'll be Father's Day. And so we have several breweries around the country now that are holding an event called Father Fest. It's started by Alamo Brewing in San Antonio, but a number of breweries are doing that now. Um, our, our signature event each year is out in Denver during the Great American Beer Festival. Mm -hmm. uh, the Denver Rare Beer Tasting. Um, it will be celebrated our 10th uh, anniversary this September when we do that on September 21st. That's fantastic. That's great. Uh, if folks aren't able to get to um, an event like this where they can come have this screening done, um, is there any advice you have? Is it just buck it up, go, go to the doctor, swallow your prod, you're not bulletproof? Yeah, I mean, you know, the simple thing is we, we, we're here with our partners, the Prostate Conditions Education Council, and we sponsor screenings from them around the country. And so they're, they're free. So there might be one in your area. You go to their website, you can look and look it up by your zip code. But, you know, the test in your doctor, really, with a blood test, if you're going in for your annual physical or, or your every five-year physical for some of these guys, <laughs> but if you're going in, they're going to draw blood anyways, and they're really, they're not taking any extra blood. Right. They're, they're probably going to take a couple of vials, and so then you end up, um, you know, you just make sure your doctor has checked that box for the prostate-specific antigen test. Yeah, I have not had mine checked yet. I've had a couple of beers, so I think I might be brave enough to go uh, <laughs> go let them stick me after doing this segment. I did it last year. I'll do it again this year. I got a, I got good results last year, and everything was good. See that for for most of the guys, um, you know, that, that do this, they get they get good they get good news, and that's yeah. that's what it's all about. It's about knowing. It's about taking charge of your health and knowing your numbers. Um, but you know, every year, last year at this event, we had a number of guys, not only with high PSAs, but 
with um, with cholesterol numbers and glucose numbers that were dangerously high. And that's the thing. I mean, the cholesterol is is really important, and that's something that a lot of people they just don't think about. They don't think about their cholesterol numbers, and you get it back, and it's like that puts you at risk of heart disease. That puts you, you know, if you don't watch that cholesterol, it can uh, it can put you at risk for a lot of bad things. Yeah, yeah, it can. So that's why you know we're drawing that little bit of blood that we draw to one vial, and so we do the panels to test for those other common men's health issues, you know. And the great thing about an event like this is we really try to engage guys. We reach them through the universal language of beer. You know, guys are a little bit more willing to listen over a friendly conversation with a beer in their hand. We're not yelling at people, go get tested right now. Right. You know, it's it's a it's men talking to men saying, you know, this this is important. Please go, please go get screened. No, and I gotta say I gotta say I gotta give kudos to your to the staff you got over there because I've been watching it all night and it's like everybody that comes over there comes over there with a smile and they're laughing and it's 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 very friendly it's not intimidating i know they're they're great they were those girls were telling me dirty jokes earlier it's, they're, <laughs> they're they're a fun crowd so i came here to get a beer and now it sounds like i'm giving blood yeah you're, uh, I you're don't gonna, know. Yeah, you're gonna join me after up. this exactly. segment yeah, yeah you guys are all rolling up your sleeves <laughs> after this segment that's right <laughs> so if if um you know so if guys can't um you know, can't get to an event like this, they can go to our website, which, which is pintsforprostates, all spelled out, dot org, um, or they can go to our Facebook page, um, and there are links there to PCEC so they can look up if there's testing in their area. Good. Well, thank you for the work you do. Thanks to Mark and Juno for making you a part of this event, um, and thank you for, you know, looking out for, for men and, uh, and our health, even if sometimes we're too stupid or too proud to, to do it ourselves. So, well, you thank know, you, it, it, it is, um, it's one of those things, and we always tell guys that these things, you know, it's, it's get tested, live longer, drink more beer. <laughs> I'll drink right. to that. The longer you live, the more beer you can drink. That's it, That's man. Right. Thank you, guys. All right, cheers. <laughs> And that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Minnesota Beer Cast for the on-air portion. However, if you download the podcast, go to the iHeartRadio app, search for the Minnesota Beer Cast channel. We have a couple more segments that we recorded from the Rare Beer Fest that will be for podcast only. You can hear us talk to the folks from Ale Asylum and Modest Brewing. It's fun stuff, so go to the iHeartRadio app, download the app. Subscribe to the Minnesota BeerCast channel and listen to the podcast-only segments. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with a brand-new edition of the Minnesota BeerCast next week right here on Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130. It makes me a jolly good fellow. Still not refinance your mortgage? Well, soon you may be kicking your